Uh oh, no, shit! It is official. Not here for the fucking food. What's that from? <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's uh, that's Magnolia, that nachos is line. That? When they come back from the break, he's like, "How'd you like them nachos?" It's like, don't be mistaken. We're not here for the fucking food. Oh, uh, that's right. Oh, is that for the the? Yeah, Tom the conference. Line? Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell them okay. how to tell them how to pull tail. The pull tail uh, convention. Crush ass. <laughs> All right, and welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast, coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 46 for y'all. Y'all, that's right, I'm Midwest, for you all. Uh, subscribe, leave five stars, tell a friend. Got a clap back, hit us up at Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. Guys, I am Brandana, and with me, as always, the talent. Most awesome. What is happening, everybody? What the fuck's going on, brother? I'm I'm doing good, man. Knee deep in baby watch. Ooh, we got yes. that on the on the clock tick tock. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I'm here to deliver yet another living up to my evolutions. Dropping fifty two hot pods. Yeah. Uh a year. And I'm coming at it right correct, now. Correct, correct. Yeah, you know how you do that? It's, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to, like, steal some other punchlines from some other programs, but it's uh, It's one pod at a time. We're going right. to take it one pod at a time. What's going on with your week, brother? You sit around this little thing. Did someone uh, get a little special delivery? Someone uh, deliver something to your house that wasn't your property? <laughs> yes, exactly. It worked out, too, because uh, I just happened to be home at lunch, um, and I got a, a, a ring at the doorbell. Uh, I answered it, and there's a kindly old man there and he was delivering a big ass set of wind chimes like wind chimes i've never i never knew they made them that big and he's like i got a delivery for you and i was like oh really and i was like it's got a card yeah it's yeah. got a card here it is looking at it no it's not for me it's my address it's the people that used to live here two years ago but uh yeah man maybe they're deep in that hot hot wind chime game so so is it like a wind chime gram how does that how does that work yeah the, the wind chime of the month club i'm not real sure what it was but uh, i sent him and his jingle jangle ass home <laughs> well i also feel like if you're sending wind chimes to somebody that's not like that's no kind of starting out gift that's not like a little right. generic box of chocolates or anything you guys must be close but not close enough to know their updated fucking address <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly yeah it's not like it's an edible arrangeable it's you know it is a fucking and and that's such an aggressive gift like that's yeah. a gift that's yeah you know you you're patently aware of that gift every time it chimes in every time when there's a little breeze out there you know well it Who is, gave you that gift? It's, it's a little like it's a little in between, just like uh, kind of a throwaway gift that doesn't matter, and then actually getting somebody like a puppy. Like there's a little bit of the that shit's making noise. Like that's right outside your window. Right. Yeah. When's the proper time to put those wind chimes down? Right. Yeah. Like how how long do I have to, have to keep this in my yard? <laughs> uh, sweet brother. Well, we have a jam packed episode 46. We're doing rip from the headlines. We're doing copycat coaching carousel we're gonna hit the mab inbox we're doing the neapolitan showdown worst things we spent money on (laughs) oh wow (laughs) what what an appropriate segment to come next uh brandana gambling corner we're doing uh nfl postseason teasers and then uh i've got a little time i hit a little tales from the frat and we're gonna finish Mm. as we always do with our mvp of the week ladies and gentlemen your hour of power 
starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines read, if you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, rip from the headlines, copycat coaching carousel. What are we talking about that this week, brother? I like that you got all those out in Ooh. one fell swoop. Ooh, I love this. And it felt good. It felt good listening to it. We're talking about it because uh, uh, at the end of the regular season, they call it Black Monday, where uh, all the uh, head coaches get axed. And now we've got eight. Well, technically, we had eight uh, coaching positions open. Uh, six, of, six of them are filled. And we're seeing a little bit of a trend, a little bit of a copycat NFL mindset that's out there. And we wanted to discuss it a little bit. Yeah, what's it look like? What, what I think our party uh, probably knows, but who are people trying to kind of double down on? As Right before we jump into these names, what's kind of like one name that keeps popping up that you were seeing? Ooh, the, the, the Sean McVeighing of mm-hmm. the NFL. If mm-hmm. you're young, you've got uh, a finely coiffed hair <laughs> and, and beard set up sure. and, uh, and you know your way around an offense. You're getting hired in the NFL this day, this day and age. Uh, it's happened. I think uh, I want to jump through this. I mean, shit changes as we. I was a little surprised that so quickly that these teams are getting, especially some of these teams, and we'll go through the list of coaches that we can have yeah. right now. What's the urgency for you know uh, a coach like Adam Gase? I, I, I don't get why you don't like a little little time pass. Why it's like a sprint to the finish line to get these guys. Yeah, especially when especially when the Jets are. The Jets seemingly were looking kind of like that they, they were going to really buy their time and see how the coaching market played out. And yeah. really, they realized that they have a good young defense. They've got Sam Darnold, who showed a ton of flashes uh, as a quarterback, and they really wanted to bring in the right person. And um, even Mike McCarthy, who was the you know ex-coach of the Packers, he basically was Jets or nothing. He, he has basically said, now that the Jets – uh, uh, gig is off the table and has gone to Adam Gase that he's going to sit out 2019 and just wait to see what happens for 2020. Well, was that uh, I mean, was that a high-profile job? I, I guess that kind of makes sense because it seems like I want to jump into this a little bit. Maybe we'll just hop around from different coaches. Sure. Uh, Ad, Adam Gase, 40 years old. I think one of the hot points we're hitting are is yep. how all these coaches are, so we'll bring that up. Um, it is almost – I don't know if you can break down the – Direct percentage, but I think we talked about it once with Bill Belichick coming into a situation. Uh, at the Browns earlier, we're coming into the situation, then kind of like Tom Brady being there, like uh, Drew, Ble- Drew Bledsoe phasing yep. a Tom Brady. It's how much of this is really riding on the kind of the talent you inherit, right? Like, I mean, you don't want to be walking into, I mean, Browns isn't a great uh, example right now, but, you know, the Browns of old or maybe like even a Buccaneer situation, just kind of a team that has kind of been middling at best and is on its way down. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things you want to really look at just all the pieces. And, and you know, a lot of a lot of NFL teams are really trying to sell their their parts of the, their pieces, their their culture and things like that. And I think uh, I think, you know, I think head coaches are really just trying to basically just, you know, the general managers. There's a mentality out there that they've talked about. Just guard your desk. They want to get they want to get head coaches in there that will be. um you know, I don't want to say pliable, but are ones that are going to work with the general managers. Okay. And so I think that that's, that's the, other, the other thing that you see with young head coaches as a reason why they're going after them quite a bit. Yeah, I wish you could just kind of walk someone in and maybe in that jet situation just be like, all right, here's the deal. Like, we understand that, you know, 
we're three years out from making an mm-hmm. honest like conference championship run. But when we get there, like you have those three years and then it's over as opposed to, and it seems like it might be going like that. Cause I think a lot of these coaches in the past were just like trying not to get fired, but I think we're seeing a lot more aggressive place calling and like, just sure. kind of like going for it, hang your balls out there, especially if we're all copying kind of that McVay style. Sure. And, and uh, the, the jets, while we're talking about them, they, they were interested in a college coach, Matt rule out of Baylor but they didn't want to give him the keys to the to the whole gig. Mm. They wanted they wanted all personnel decisions and assistant coaching decisions. So they didn't well. want to turn it all over. So that's one he actually set, decided to sit pat. Um, and that's why I was surprised that I thought the Jets were going to go with McCarthy. But uh, and why McCarthy was so interested in the in the gig. But uh, you know I don't think that they wanted to go that direction. I thought they wanted to go young and offensive guru and get Adam Gase and maybe maybe Adam Gase. I don't I don't know this to be. I'm just I'm just speculating but maybe adam gay said i'm okay with those conditions usually when you speculate brother you're dead on balls accurate let's jump <laughs> over to green bay real fast uh sure matt, matt lafleur coming in yep. at 39 years old uh yep. still kind of looking that same part uh offensive coordinator under mcveigh in 2017 and rams is this as simple as we'll pull a piece from a team that's working and cross our fingers yeah i, I think so i think it's like one of those things like this guy has you know handshake you know, with uh, with McVeigh, so he's he's touched by the golden god. Sure. So we're gonna we're gonna pull him in here, and uh, it's interesting. It's hard with with the floor and not knowing, you know, not being an NFL insider. Um, I, you know, he went from the worst to first offense with the Rams taking the worst offense and then making it the best offense in 2017. But then he jump shift a year later to the Titans. And I believe they were like 27th in the league in offense. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to understand. Like, is, is that LaFleur? Is that just the, the offense that he was given? Is that Mariota? Um, you know, how much credit for that? Rams offensive shift could be placed at LaFleur's hands and feet. The other thing that I don't, even though he's a uh, shout out central Michigan Chippewa, you know, from uh, he's been there. Totally. Uh, yeah. That's, that's my alma mater for you peeps out there. Um, what's the, I don't even know what the official. <laughs> right. Exactly. Go fire up chips. That's what he's saying. But the thing that kind of makes me a little nervous and I know coaches move around, but, t- but 10 jobs in 15 years, I mean, yeah. that's a lot of moving, and he's never been a head coach. He's just been an offensive coordinator for the last couple years here. Um, hey, but again, it's one of those things. It's a young hire, um, offensive-minded guy. He's got good good pedigree in the guys that he's been under. But maybe it's one of those things where the Packers are like, hey, you know, we can get a first-time head coach in here. And uh, I think that's the other thing is, is when you hire these guys – they're 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 pretty much blemish free, right? You yeah. know what I mean? They they don't have a lot of except for you Gase, know, I guess. I guess yeah. For, yeah, but Gase but had three years and he was what twenty three and twenty five, and I do think that that's a that's an interesting call. But but maybe maybe they just wanted they didn't want to maybe they really didn't want to do Montgomery and they didn't think anyone else was out there. Well, especially because it's weird because it's oh I wanted to make one more thing. Okay, so two more points. The Jets thing. Let's just move on from Gase. I do think it's weird that it's like it's. Like he stays, yeah, interdivision. He stays that same division. But I guess yeah. with the talent there and the Patriots kind of, you know, on their last gas. Because I feel like once that Patriots thing comes apart and unravel, like, it's over. We ain't talking about the New England Patriots for, like, right. six, seven years. Okay, really fast. Uh, I do want to know, uh, Matt LaFleur, who's running the show there and how much was an important decision that he bends to Aaron Rodgers' will? Or, you know, is he going to have to go in there and kind of prove his dominance? Yeah, that's that, that'll be that's a wild. subplot. That's wild. 
That's going to be also like two, two years age difference or something. Like Aaron Rodgers is like 37 years old. Right, exactly, yeah. And, well, I mean, McVeigh has kind of proven that, like, hey, if you've got the work ethic. And, and here's the thing. We'll talk about we'll talk about McVeigh. Everyone talks about young and offensive-minded. But what they don't talk about is, like, work ethic, like, culture, character, and organizational kind of management. McVeigh has been, for those of you who don't know, his dad, he's been, he's been in a football family. So it's not like he just, you know, 22 and started being a, you know, grad assistant in college. Like, It'd be like if you worked in a family business and you worked in it and you're in your third or fourth generation, he has an intimate knowledge of coaching and coaching football. I'm sure his kitchen table conversations with his dad were much different than than us with our dads, right? Like he's he's been studied in this game for a long time. That being said, you know, I think I think in this copycat nature, we tend to forget all of those types of things, like that what makes a leader, and we just focus on offense and young, and can he put Aaron Rodgers in a bunch of new interesting sets and and play with them? Yeah. And and to your and to your point, yes, is there going to be conflict? I mean, he was he was he had conflict with uh, McCarthy, and now is he going to have to? And obviously, he's been not uh, not easy to get along with. So, is this going to have the kid going to have the chops to come in there and? Uh, you know, prove himself, if you will. Yeah, that's going to be super interesting. I'm, I'm excited to uh, look at that one and see kind of how that shakes out, especially because we're not just talking about, like, you know, quarterback two years age difference. We're talking about a quarterback that maybe is a little less than satisfied with kind of the number of rings around his fingers coming to, you know, kind of the twilight, the end of his career, sure. and already has a track record for maybe not being the best teammate and definitely doesn't like to be told what to do. So we'll see. Uh, let's jump over to my boy. Cliff Kingsbury sounds like out of a Dr. Seuss book. 39 years old, uh, pulled up from the college ranks, Texas Tech, 35 and 40. What's his record? Hmm. Three and 22 against ranked teams. Uh, One question, most awesome. I I guess I'll just boil it down. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. This is is about as, you know, Kool-Aid. Uh, with another K, Cliff Kingsbury, yeah. Kool Aid drinking as you can get, um, because I just, I just don't, I don't see it. First off, to me, my, in my opinion, w- the way that they did uh, Steve Wilkes, the head coach, who's only there for a year, firing him after a three and thirteen season. You've got Steve Kime, the general manager, who was rested in the off season, heading into this season for a DUI. You have Patrick Peterson, who's out there trying to, you know, demanding a trade. You got Fitzgerald on his last leg. Like this seems like. I don't know, from an organizational standpoint, this seems like a bad job. Like, I don't know if I want this job, right? Yeah. And then you go and you pull out Cliff Kingsbury, who was not successful in a head coach role in a, in a, in a, you know, weaker big 12 conference in the NFL or in the college football. And then he didn't even have any success. And everyone's like, Oh, he had Patrick Mahomes. Well, when he had Patrick Mahomes, they went 16 and 21. Yeah, I, right. yeah I, he, I saw that. He like he had K, he worked with Case Keenum, Johnny Menzel, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield. Big shit. Like I was a PA on a shoot that Tom Cruise did. Like it didn't make me a fucking like Steven Spielberg. Like it doesn't right. not how it works. Like talent can be around like non-talent. You're not separated immediately. Let me ask you this real and, fast. Just breaking. Go ahead, brother. Do it. Uh, and real quick, the the whole Baker Mayfield, Mayfield. Yeah. Um, he chose Davis Webb, Davis Webb over Baker Mayfield. That's why, along with being injured and other stuff, that's why Baker Mayfield transferred. He it wasn't until he was in Oklahoma that he was Baker Mayfield. And, and for those for those people who talk about Texas Tech and you know not a football program, well Tommy Tuberville, before him, fifty five percentage winning percentage. 
uh, Mike Leach before him, who's now a coach at Washington State, led them to a Rose Bowl appearance, 66%, and Sonny, uh, Spike Dykes, 55%. Uh, so that's going all the way back to 1986. Mike Lynch instituted the, the air raid offense that Cliff Kingsbury was a quarterback in. Mm-hmm. So what's he really pulling from? What's really new that we haven't seen with Cliff Kingsbury? And to top it all off, Cliff Kingsbury's uh, winning percentage at Tech, 46.6%. So he's not winning games. He's not winning games. And, I, this, and this question I want to ask you, Most Awesome, is you know there's plenty of – case studies where you can look at an amazing college coach didn't transfer over to the NFL. Can you give me one fucking example of a college coach that was just dog shit and showed up to, to the show, to the big stage and just started winning football games? Yeah, no, I mean, if, if there ever has been where they were shitty in college, they then went in and spent plenty of time in the NFL before they got their head coaching job. Jim Caldwell, is an example of this corollary. Jim Caldwell, uh, and I don't know the record, so drink everyone, but I do know that he coached at Wake Forest, and his record wasn't that good in the ACC, then spent 15 years or so in the NFL under Tony Dungy, got the keys to the Colts, and then, unfortunately, my Detroit Lions. And mm. But here's, here's the thing. You can look back to those days in Wake Forest, and there's a through line to his teams then and the Detroit Lions then, and they're just not – they're average and below-average teams. This is a bizarre call. Uh, I think it's an embarrassing call, and I definitely don't think it's going to shake out well. Uh, any other coaches you want to touch on real fast before we jump out of the segment, brother? Um, just talking our boy for Baker Manfield, Freddie Kitchens. Go, Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens Bumped keeping up. it hot. Uh, what are you cooking up for- there? 44 years old, had never been an offensive coordinator before he got bumped up into Hughes' chair, assistant head coach with Greg Williams. Now he's got the keys to the, the Mad Mobile in mm-hmm. uh, Cleveland. Uh, Bruce Arians going to Tampa Bay. That'll be interesting. And I think that kind of aligns to the maybe a little bit of the culture issue with the Cardinals. You know, he Bruce Arians is the head coach of the Cardinals, retired for a year, then, you know, came back and says, oh, I'm, re- I'm ready to coach again. All right, brother. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see how these shake out real fast out of all these new coaches that have locked on so far. Who do you think is the most successful in their first year? Ooh, good question. I'm going to go with, uh, as of right now, Vic Fangio of the Broncos. Uh, He's been a top assistant. I'm going to see in that Mike Zimmer type era, you know, we're coming into the Vikes. Let's go Vikes. Let's go Vikes. I'm going to go Fangio. I think he's going to put the pieces and uh, hopefully they can make a move to get a better quarterback than your boy Keenum. But uh, I like that defense and I like there's some pieces there offensively that they can uh, put together. I'm going to, fortunately, I want to go with my boy Freddie Kitchens keeping it hot. Oh, that's going to be a thing. That is going to be a thing. But I'm going to go with uh, Matt LaFleur. I'm going to default on the quarterback that you're inheriting. Although I don't look forward to it. Uh, There you go. And Rogers got another run in him. Uh, There you go. Shout out, Mount Pleasant. All right, guys. uh, Now we're jumping into the inbox. Most awesome. Can I say you really brought it during that last segment? I just want. I don't want to go unrecognized. Thank you. I I, I appreciate that. I felt. I felt like I had to redeem myself after the last uh, last pod where I did not bring in last pod. Get out of here. Nobody's buying that bullshit. Humble brag. All right, the holidays is all about friends, family, and drinking. Uh, this is from our. This is actually from our email mabber of the year last year. Um, Coming out of the gate strong for 2019. <laughs> all right, what's the most disgusting food you've ever made yourself at two in the morning drunk? Mm. Okay, mm. I, I like out of the gates. 
I like this because he <laughs> differentiates, right? Like he's not like, yeah. what's the most disgusting thing that you've eaten at two o'clock in the morning? What's the most disgusting thing you've made yourself? Yes. That's right. You get all cocky. You're ready to turn on burners. You're, exactly. You're a drunk chef Ramsey just back there right. ready to fire up a cuisine. What right. do you got? I, I watched some, some drunken cutthroat kitchen. I'm ready to do this. <laughs> uh, for me, when I was drunk, and I think you could probably attest to this, this almost could be uh, Tales from the Frat. Yeah. For me, it was a, it was less a, like, what am I making? It was more of like a volume play. <laughs> like, I was just like, give me yeah. everything yeah. that there is. I'll have that. And I would just, like, eat, like, just whatever was in the fridge, I would eat, you know, leftover fried chicken, and then I'd follow up with the piece of lasagna, and I just, and I would just be, like, basically, like, Garfield, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would just be eating everything. <laughs> Yeah. But I wouldn't cook it. I just eat it cold. So I, does that even mm. count if you just eat it cold out of the fridge like a maniac? I mean, yeah, it is. It is bringing you more to like legit just caveman territory. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like that hot stuff. I don't know. I was trying to think about this. I think there's a lot of college days when just kind of using everything in the fridge. But I think there was one time I was trying to remember like it was something like I either like had like maybe tuna fish. Uh, it's a mustard, but I didn't have any bread, so I just put that in a tortilla and rolled it up. I was obsessed with like tortillas. Like I put tortillas yes. around things that tortillas didn't need to go around, just because I didn't even have any bread and I wanted it to have a handle. I do remember. God. I do remember, and this will because I, I think uh, listener being, we know what you're coming for. So let me give you something that's just going to gross everybody out. In college, <laughs> I did have a girl over, and she asked me if yeah, she could have did. some soup. And uh, warmed up some chunky, like, New England clam chowder, but didn't warm it up enough. Like, ate that room temperature from the can. Yeah. And then, like, threw up all over my bathroom. True story. Oh. There you go. New, there you go. England, I hope, I hope you're happy with that. chowder, the, the, the sexiest of all soups. Could you imagine that room temperature? Date. Oof. Uh, yeah, that's it, it, that's that's too funny. Um, I, I do want to say that probably in college, the, the blue box of Kraft macaroni and cheese was like everyone's business like everyone did that and i think that's where you that would serve as like the the centerpiece of anything that you wanted to cut up and throw in that and just make this like oh yeah, yeah. just smorgasbord Magic. medley i got i got two two stories i'll let you you choose one both from college i was thinking about this um the college cook tv show or um when i would poach old food or leftover food from my old roommate's Ki- uh, uh, a kitchen. Which which story would you want to hear? Ooh, uh, let's do the post from the kitchen. Okay, so I used to live in this house on five fifteen Main Street in Mount Pleasant. That's why I'm shouting out Mount Pleasant, and uh, it was a hardcore party house. Uh, I moved out, and then it uh, it basically became like a de facto fraternity house for my boy. And wait, is uh, it so- is this where you stole the bulldozer? This is yeah. This well, yes. This is when I moved to that apartment complex. That's when I stole the bulldozer. But that so yeah. So there's a little bit of a, Look a at trend this. here Learning in my college career. Just put, yeah, putting exactly. a timeline together, brother. Exactly. So then, but I would go, and so we're at five fifteen Main Street. Um, when you would coming back, walking from the downtown bars, you pass basically right by this house, and I knew all the guys were you know total dudes and just never locked their house or do anything like that so instead of going through and getting some food on the way home i just walk into their house (laughs) eat a sandwich eat somebody's (laughs) leftovers just pig out and walk back home then the next day i'd go and like hang out in the in the you know we'd be watching like college football or something like that yeah somebody would come down from the upstairs like you know you'd hear him like starting to run around in the in the kitchen be like 
the fuck? Who ate my fucking pizza? <laughs> I'd just be sitting there just like a shit-eating grin. Oh, like, man. oh, that was me, baby. And it, just the infighting amongst the roommates was, yeah. uh, was the best. Yeah, owner uh, ATL, the story goes, like one time like I woke up and I, mean, I think I already told the stealing the laundry detergent story. If I haven't, I'll get on that. But I woke up and the, yeah. the Chinese, uh, my Chinese food go, was gone. And I was Ooh. like, what the fuck? And, like, and then I looked and it was in the trash can. So it was like... It was a cold-blooded steal because he stole it drunk to eat it, but then, like, accidentally dropped it, like, on the ground and then just put it in the trash can. So it was just a – it was a double-edged sword of it just being completely wasted. Yes. Oh, that's – and he didn't even, like, cover up the body. He didn't even get rid of it. No, I right? think I think, I think you have just that uh, that BDE, you know, like, when you're drunk, you're just like, <laughs> whatever, Brandon will get over it. <laughs> it just knocks knocks on my door like hey by the way i ate all your chinese food fucking deal with it right exactly oh but some spilled on the floor but uh <laughs> you know that's fine oh brother well thanks for that email guys you can reach us at mab sports podcast at gmail.com let us know the most disgusting thing that you've made not ordered we, we don't need to hear your carl yes. jr stories and your burrito stories just the most disgusting thing you've made and eaten at 2 a.m uh all right it's that time brother it's high Ooh. noon, motherfucker. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me and we just disagree. Alright, Neapolitan Showdown. What started out as ranking some fucking ice creams has turned into... The backbone of the MAB Sports Podcast. <laughs> uh, this week we are talking worst things you've ever spent your money on. This was kind of wide open. A lot of different ways we could have went. Yes. I, I like this because I like it when we pull the curtain back on uh, MAB Sports Podcast and we share a little bit of insight into some of the things that we've done in the past. And what better to say, hey, what's the worst things we've spent our money on? That, that is kind of funny. Like, as I was doing this list, I was like, oh, this is a little personal. Like, <laughs> I write some things down, I was just like, oh, this is, this is a little embarrassing. Like, most of the time, it's just like us fighting to the tooth about, like, what this one's going to be pretty easy to judge because we'll just be, both be like, yep, that's absolutely like the shittiest I yeah. heard. Uh, yeah. All right, I won the last one, so I will take That's the right. ball out. Um, Want to know on the year? Yep, yeah, starting out hot. I'll keep it hot. Um, okay, it's gonna be fun. Oh, right. Twitter stock. I bought stock in Twitter. Look at so, you. So, okay, so I was. I know there's a humble brag. It's just like, oh, he's playing the stock market. No, trust me. Like I talked to you about gambling. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Uh, sure. Listener Tango Foxtrot can attest to it because I texted him because I thought I had a hot tip. I thought I was getting in at the right spot, and I bought it at like I bought it around like thirty dollars, and then sure. just slowly watched it. It's also like you know I own that and like two other stocks, so it's basically like just staring at it every day as it moves like right. fifteen cents. But that one right. wasn't moving fifteen cents. That was was on a little bit more of a uh, what they call a free fall, like right, just right, going right. down. So it finally ended up down to around like like I think like fifteen eight dollars, and then Oof. I just. Then I just sold it. The reason it's my number three is because this was the exact opposite of what it was supposed to do. I sure. spent money to make money, much like sure. gambling, and it went completely the other way. I just would have been better if I didn't buy jack shit. 
Yeah, exactly. I love this because it's like the first foray into like adult. You're like, I, you know, this is what I should do. I should. I've got money. I've got a little extra change in my pockets. I should invest in the yep, stock market. Exactly. Let my money work for my for, for me. <laughs> oh God. You know what a buzz term. Let my money work for me. I want my exactly. money to work for me. That is not exactly. working against me. So I'm going to go with my my number three. Uh, totally, totally on the uh, opposite end of the uh, adulting tip there i'm gonna go uh so dr mrs the commission d dmtc she likes uh she likes to relax and she wanted a hammock but i didn't want to buy like a real legit hammock so i was like no i the the 150 bucks is like a bridge too far for me to go with the, the legit hammock so i saw online it was all the rage these like inflatable hammocks but all you would do is use the wind to capture the air and fill this little thing up then you can like you twist it off and it's got a little metal thing on it and then now you've got this portable hammock wherever you want to go what could be more brilliant than that well for forty dollars, I spent on this inflatable hammock, and you look just like a like a lunatic, literally sprinting across the yard trying to get enough air to generate to fill this little inflatable hammock. So that well, so, was my like, worst. What's, what's inflatable about it? Um, because it's still. The, I mean, it still uh, sticks in between two trees, right? No, it doesn't. It's it doesn't. like it's okay. basically like a oh, think of like a windsock, like a giant windsock <laughs> that's just like connected to the end, and yeah. you just and it's kind of like it's got two like tubes on it, and you can kind of the, when it fills up, you can kind of sit in the in between the two of them, and it'll kind of suspend you in animation. So then it's got like a metal clip at the end that you have to like twist and fold, and I literally spent like. 25 minutes watching this YouTube video on how to do it because when you bought it like the instructions were literally like four like segments it was like open package yeah. run twist sit and smile like you're drinking like a like a oh know, that, that like was a one martini, of the steps you know, awesome yeah. that was one of the ones it's like drinking and relaxing <laughs> you never got to like, step four never got the you know the umbrella on my drink or anything so then so that yeah so yes all you do is you just literally sprint up and down trying to swing it back and forth and and it uh it never works so i broke down uh this summer and got a real legit hammock which uh which you didn't get to spend any time with in i should say by the way uh yeah is is the more legit hammock is that more expensive yeah i mean they're not that much expensive it's just it's one of those things it's like 150 bucks and i was like well i think that's why i have to count it it's like it's funny if you like because I think we all have those items where we spend a bunch, like we're looking to, you know, save a penny or something. So we got something that's like not quite to quality and like less money. And then it just, you end up going through like three of those. And it's just like shit in the beginning. I should have just gotten the fucking like, just the yes. real deal, the soup one, souped up one and just got it over with. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, sweet brother. Uh, I'm going to say you were sprinting around, let's say nine miles an hour where you're trying to get that filled up. So that's uh niner. Uh, my Twitter okay. stock uh dropped around 22 points so that'll be a negative 22 to 9 Ooh, starting from coming behind out of the gate coming out of the gate all right i'll take the i'll take the ball out here on number 2 all right brother um i'm going to go with uh my 2003 ford focus that i bought because i did 0.0 research this was like my first year I, I bought it used mm-hmm. it was like my first year in um in la 
and I had, had a lease that I drove out there. The lease was up, and I was like, oh, shit, I got to get a car. So I just went to the dealership, literally walked in like a rube, had no idea what I was doing, and just bought a used car. Because I was like, all right, well, I'll just buy a used car. Oh, $330 a month for a payment? That seems reasonable. Hmm. No, it was a terrible, and it was like broke down constantly. It was a terrible car. I ended up. Uh, selling that car to one of those like cars for cash type things for like a thousand dollars. I did that. Yeah, I did that when I yeah. left LA. Yeah, exactly. Like totally like uh, turn that uh, I don't know probably twelve thirteen thousand dollars into a cool grand at the end of it. Yeah, that's uh, I almost had a car on mine. Like I had a couple car stories, although they were I think maybe for a constellation bracket we can talk a little bit about like things we were gifted because it might sure. necessarily that we asked for that wasn't good. But I definitely I had a car that I drove for like a day. Like it was one day and then it was right. Cause we bought it at a garage sale. Terrible fucking story. <laughs> oh, no. uh, yeah. I went to one of those cash cash for car places to sell. Like when I was that, uh, you bought so brand new in 2003. No, I bought it used. It was oh, 2005. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. It, a little confusing on that. I bought it in 2005, six ish. And then, it, but it was like a 2003 Ford focus, you know, only like 40,000 miles on it. And I was like, ah, that sounds fine. Yeah. It's Ford <laughs> focus. Give me from point A to point B. I'll take it. Uh, okay. My number two is this is, pr- I, this is specific, and it's not because like tax season is coming up or whatever. Even <laughs> eh, it's not quite. It's a little. You got a few I, months. I used to do this three or four times a year. Whenever I come around, I would remind people of this. H and R Block fucking sucks. They're not sponsored, yes. are they, brother? No, no. Okay. They, and if they were, we'd say no. Nah. No, thank you. No, we're not. We're not pushing these on. So I just yeah. went in there to do. I think I did it like two times in a row. But I would go in there to do my taxes. I'm basically like giving someone a tutorial on how to go through a program I don't know. Like I'm trying to help them with it, trying to give them all the information. And it's just a lot of, my experience anyway, shoving people that didn't have the tax experience on it. So it was like, I ended up owing a lot of money. It ended up being kind of expensive for what it was. And then it was, I felt like I was doing the taxes the entire time. Right. And they can get expensive too. Like I, you know, so you did not get your taxes one that year. It sounds like I uh, did not. I, I would, I would, I would Facebook about it. Like the next three years, I'd just be like, Oh, just, you know, it's April 1st. Just a reminder, H and R block fucking sucks. I just want to let, I just right. want to remind people that I hadn't been there in a years. And I just want to remind people again, like it was one of the worst things that I ever spent my money on. Right. And we're not recommending tax layer or anything like that. We're just, you know, find yourself like a middle of the road CPA. If you've got a standard like W-2 with like basic deductions, you're single, you don't got anything like you could probably get away with like, you know, you know, those one of those online tax things. But if you've got any bit more of a complicated or some write offs or like in your your world, like, yeah, you got to go to somebody who kind of knows what the fuck they're doing. And H&R Block, you probably paid like four or five hundred bucks for that, if I had to guess. Uh, yeah, I think it was around like, and it, and it didn't even need to be that because it was like just in the start of the business and it was sure. a fucking, but it was, yeah. yeah, it was just a surprise. It's like, Hey, it'll be like $500 and you owe like 3,500. It's just like, Oh, <laughs> right. it's quite the, quite the little <laughs> right. predicament. But 500 on top of the 3,500 yeah. or <laughs> is that all lumped in there? Well, and also you would ask, all right, I'm not going to keep harping on it, but you would just ask him how things were like deducted. They had no fucking clue. And they were just like, yeah. Hey, should I click here? And it's like, I don't know. Should you click because because they go to they just use that basic formula that gives it to them. It's they're they're basically like they're not even like CPAs. They're just basically I don't know. They have like a an associate's degree in accounting. I think so, right? Or it's just like is it someone like email in if you know? I mean, I I've heard of in the orbit, but I I feel like I even asked them one time, like the second time and the last time I did it, I was just like, hey, how did you even get here? And it's just like, oh, it's like a ten day training program. And I was like, I that can't be that can't be correct. I used to work at the library. Now I'm here, and it's like, <laughs> oh fuck. 
It's like, no. you, you don't remember me from the martinis I served you down the street. I do this during the day now. Like, all right, I'm gonna give myself a negative W nine. I'm gonna give yourself a give you a three fifty. Ooh, uh, ooh. Three fifty nine comes down to you, and then W negative thirty. We'll see it's up there. All right. There you go. But it's what a dead a, you... a W equals a dead heat. Dead That's right. heat. Dead heat. Uh, at the top spot, I have this really simple. It was forty dollars. I'm gonna preface it with this, just to kind of lean in on it. I was th- thinking back on childhood things I saved up my money for. And there's not a lot of shit stories on that because there was something pure about saving up for something. And also it was a natural filter. If you were saving up to buy something, you had days to think about it weeks. So you didn't have kind of that immediate, like instant gratification. And you actually had time to think about like, do I really want to, fu- do I really want this fucking thing? Like, I know there's plenty of things that I saved up for that by the time it was like, you know, five, six days later, I already had my eye on something else. So that what I liked about everything in my childhood, except for, the electronic pocket organizer I bought myself Ooh. in like seventh grade. It was 40 bucks. <laughs> like, I don't remember. I remember taking it out and showing people. I don't remember storing a fucking phone number in it. Even if I did, yeah. like the only phone, it's like we had cell phones. Like the only phones right. we had were back at our house that had a little piece of paper like this with every phone number we knew already written down on it. It was impractical. My schedule didn't change. I was in right. middle school, same classes every day. It was just like, I thought it was this cool little electronic and I would be into it. Maybe I just kind of saw the future. I was just like, soon there will be a little computer, a little iPhone in all our pockets, so I better start practicing now. I better get in on the ground floor of this. I better this make my, it happen. It's my, my seventh grade BlackBerry here, so let me just uh, <laughs> I think tab I did, away on it. I think I did get to use it as a calculator, but by that time it was also like the math difficulty was heading the other direction, so it was actually like... Could it compute? Like, I didn't have to get the TI-89. Like, it, it couldn't compute oh, the other math stuff on it. Yes, the TI-80, the Texas Instrument. Is Texas Instrument, hey, if you're out there, oh, you could be a sponsor of the pod. Fuck H&R Block, but you could be a sponsor of the pod. Yeah, graph us over uh, an email. I, I, I love it. I'm going uh, to go from your H&R scam. I'm going to yes. go to to another scam yes i i'm talking about and i don't remember the name of this i really tried to, i did a little google searching but i couldn't remember the name of this but basically i'm just going to put it out there in this kind of general this ver- vertical vertical marketing scam that involved uh getting people's telephone bills and then rolling it over to this service so to save them some money Ooh. so so in high school i was like talking about like hey i'm gonna make my money work for me mm-hmm I saw this, a bunch of these guys in, in high school that I knew that I was like, oh, Jason, you're smart. You know what you're doing and you're involved with this and you're now, you're cutting me in on this deal here. Hell yeah, I'm going to be. Smoking and deal. so I'm going to, yeah. So uh, I remember sitting in the pitch and this guy was like spelling it out like, hey, you get your, everyone's got a phone line. Everyone, everyone you know has got a phone line. So you go to them, you get them to sign up with our service. If they're bills $50 a month we'll save them 30 you know they'll pay $35 a month and out of that you get a residual you get a small little payment and then if you get people built up enough to have your own team then you can start getting people under your team and then they'll get and you get percentage and I was like the money is just gonna roll in mm. I'm gonna be fucking rolling deep in high school baby yeah you and, realize in uh, high school you're like thank god I can go out and buy that Ford Focus I've always wanted Exactly. I was like, I could, I could feel it. I was like, no, no more 1983 Honda Accord for me. I'm stepping up in this world. Um, so yeah. So I spent. I think it was like around. I'm going to say 150 bucks. But in high school, much like your 40 dollar, you know, pocket uh, calendar, mm-hmm. that's a lot of cheddar in yep. a high school age. And so uh, yeah. I willingly turned it over. I cut that check as fast as could be. Uh, didn't do shit. 
couldn't didn't even turn my parents over to it because they were like we're not doing this like yeah. you know what I mean so it's like I couldn't even sell my parents on this I don't get it and that's like a different level of scumbag just who's ever going around because I sold uh, I mean I was a little bit out of high school but I sold uh, I sold knives for a little while and it was just like I yeah. don't know just just kind of preying on like just kind of getting this like this just pack of youth kids that don't know any better just go out there and like call all their friends and family just sell all this shit it's fucked up but it I almost like it almost seems like a rite of passage now that i think about it though yeah you gotta you gotta take it on the chin and learn it um but yeah i just remember seeing this dude i can picture this dude's fucking face he was probably like 22 and i was like 17 but i was like this fucking guy's got the world by the balls look at this guy <laughs> like you know what i mean like yeah. he's got z cavarici jeans on like he is this dude is fucking made like, holy shit, is that a Tommy Hilfiger polo? Cha-ching! <laughs> Cha-ching! Uh, all right, brother. Uh, great showdown. I'm going to have to tally up the scores. And, uh, brother, you take the victory this week. Boom! You got, two, you got two of the highlights. Buying a car when you can't quite afford it and not checking it yep. out. And then yeah. plus, like we Doing said, zero the, research. <laughs> the rite of passage of someone just walking up and being like, hey, you want to get rich quick? And you're like, fuck, I do. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, anything on your constellation bracket? I know you kind of mentioned a little. Uh, I, I did. Yeah, I had to. And it was more. Uh, I think the power glove is huge for me. Like I begged, yeah. begged my grandparents for it for Christmas and I really wanted it. And it's not our fault. Like it's not. I got plenty of toys that I wanted that I didn't pay attention to. But that thing was just a piece of shit. And so, like, it didn't work. And so you just, like, so excited, unwrapped it, plugged it in. Thought, like, maybe you didn't have the little sensors upright, so you spent time rearranging it. Maybe I'm putting in the code wrong. And then you would resign yourself to just try to play on the controller that was on the glove. And then you were just like, oh, that's not working at all. I need both my hands. <laughs> and you threw the thing in the trash can. Yep, yep. Oh, that's good. I had uh, recently the new Nintendo things that uh, – are all kind of like that central console that's got like you know the a thousand sw- games on them. You know. What oh, I'm that, about? That, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's brand new. It's you could just you know with a USB, you just plug in your TV, power supply. Um, you can buy them online, or you can go like I've seen them at mall kiosks, and you know, like again, much like I should have learned from the hammock. Um, I bought one like off the deep internet to save, you know. Forty dollars, and sure. uh, it turns up, and it was like open it out of the box, plug it in. I was like, "What the fuck are these games? Everything's in Chinese." And I was like, "Oh god, this is this is worthless." It's like Atari games, it's just yeah. like like games from an old Nokia cell phone. You're just playing Snake yeah. all day long, <laughs> right, right. Uh, and then I also had anything that you buy from like HotDeals.org or Whiskey Militia. Remember Whiskey? <laughs> oh Militia? god, I do. Right, those are, yeah, but yeah. there's all yeah. You're always just like, oh, this is like it's just like itching that buying finger although that is where i got my pink and silver shoes that you remember i thought the shoes were yeah. i got them on whiskey militia on the picture yeah. of whiskey militia they were they were steel gray and like on the back and then it was just like red piping and they show yeah. up and not an exaggeration the back of it is like lol doll sparkle <laughs> like it's just like it's gray and then it's just like it's got pink piping on it and yes, I, wore, I remember that. I wore the shit out of that. I still have them. You got to work it. You got to work it, man. Because why? Because fuck you, Whiskey Militia. That's why. That's right. Uh, all right, guys. It is time to win some fucking money. Bring us to the jam.
right, Brandana Gambling Corner. All right, brother. You remember how we were talking um, a little bit about teasers? We went through that tutorial like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you did. Okay. You fucking smashed it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so actually, I took that little teaser doggy out for a walk last week, and I took the. There you uh, go. I got in on the Eagles, and we also paired that up with the Chargers. Uh, there you go. So the big point about this is I'm going to revisit teasers and we're going to do it with little specifics and I want you to hop in with any questions right now this week okay. we have coming up uh, just a quick overview of teasers again it's something where you adjust the line in a better's favor but both teams have to win so basically like mm-hmm. you know a classic teaser would be you know usually you bet 110 to win 100 if a team is favored by three what you would do in this uh, scenario is you would move that adjust that line by six so let's say let's look at this right here so we have Indianapolis and Kansas City Chiefs Chiefs a five-point favorite. That game is happening this Saturday. So usually if you bet this game right now, you would bet either side. You'd either bet KC minus five, 110 to 100, or Indy plus five, 110 to 100. So mm-hmm. what I want to do is I want to tease. The reason I want to tease playoff football is kind of two big reasons to me. Right now, there's a lot more conservative football going on in the postseason. Like you'll see it sure. when a team kind of gets the lead, there's a little bit more. I know we're kind of in an age right now where coaches are a little bit more run and gun, like really to take a little bit more chances, but there's you're going to see a lot more of a safety factor. So there's a little less running up the score, which you can use in a teaser favor. And then also the other one that I'm going to do is, I don't know, I, I think that the dogs are playing a little bit harder the lines are a little bit more tough to set and then you're also doing like kind of a divisional round i want to give you the divisional round odds right here uh since 2003 in the divisional round home favorites have gone 21 35 and 1 so that's against mm. the spread that's 38 percent against the spread for home favorites uh, if you guys were watching last week a uh, stat for you guys is uh not a single home favorite covered all the dogs yep. if you took all the dogs and all the points and then that actually goes back the last eight playoff games the Road Dog has covered. So that's mm. that's kind of what I'm looking at. So right now, this weekend, we have Indy at KC minus 5, Dallas at LA Rams minus 7, Chargers at Pats minus 4, Philly at Saints minus 8. So for a teaser bet, you're going to have to pick. You're going to get to move the line by 6 points, but you get to pick 2 teams. So it's going to be 2 teams. Still that minus 10 to, to win 100, but you get to move both the line 6 points. Right. So Dallas at Rams. Minus seven. So I can either go you know, bring that down to pick the Rams side, Rams minus one, or I can bump up Dallas and get Dallas plus 13. Ooh. So that's that's my one side. And then my second bet is, you know, I can look at this Philly Saints game. I can bring that Philly Saints minus eight. I can bring Saints down to minus two. So Saints win by a field goal, I win. Or team that up with Philly plus 14. So we're looking at oh. right now, like out of the gate, this teaser, like, so... You're telling me I could take the Chargers plus 10 and Philadelphia plus 14 at 110 to pay 100. And that's exactly what I'm telling you. Tell me why this sounds too good to be true, most awesome. It does. I'm hearing this. It sounds ridiculous. It's like, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, the the Saints offense is a little slow. And Mm -hmm. like you said, playoff football gets a little conservative. The Philly defense is playing solid. So. You're telling me at home they're going to get shelled by more than 14 points. They're going to they're going to lose by 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 two touchdowns and a field goal. I don't I don't know. I'm not saying that they're going to win, but I just don't think they're going to lose by that much. Yeah, yeah. I think also like we just kind of notoriously see. I don't know if that's right. 
Feels right. We'll see. Let me finish the fucking sentence. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, just <laughs> get through it, baby. <laughs> just go. Just that, go that's how I that's just, how I start all my sentences. Just, I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Fuck man. It. We're gonna we'll see, see. We're gonna see where this lands. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of like we know out of these four football games, so we have four teams that had to buy, you know, two or three of them are gonna get off to a slow start. That right. fucking happens. We see it every year. Every team that has a bye kind of comes out of the gates a little slow. And I ain't saying they're going to lose the football game, but I'm saying it's really hard to go down by seven points as the favorite and then win by 15, which is what you'd have right. to do to cover that 14. Although I do right. want to give you guys a heads up. I'm, I can hear you guys screaming at the radio. Calm down. Uh, if one of these do push, that's a loss. Right. So if you do have, you know, if you do tease up that, Philly to plus 14 and then the Saints beat them by exactly 14 then you lose that yeah that's a killer that's a killer yeah and that's the thing is like same thing with like just looking at that Indy KC it's like if you push that Indy game to plus 11 it's like I don't know you know KC can score but so can Indy and KC's defense I mean that's good enough to just keep them in a late you know cheap late touchdown when it's inconsequential could meet all the difference in that game, you know what I mean, from them covering 11 points. Yeah, and if you remember last week, we did see inconsequential points kind of happen. Like, uh, I was at a casino watching, and I had money on the uh, Cowboys. I had Cowboys minus three, which a lot of the nation had. Uh, the Cowboys yeah. go up by 10 points. I'm just like, all right, no way I can lose this fucking bet. It's fourth quarter. Worst case, worst case scenario, i got to come back and watch an overtime. That's worst case. Right. No, actually, right. Brandon, it's not worst case. Worst case... Uh, <laughs> 45-year-old kicker pulls his fucking hamstring or whatever, and then they're just going yeah. for two and fourth downs, which is what happened. Yeah. Uh, Janikowski! You're killing them. Uh, yeah, killing the gambling worlds out there. It's the worst loss I ever that, fucking had. That's good. I like <laughs> it. So so, so if you're going to do it, you're going to take plus 10 and plus 14. Uh, Chargers and Philly, that's your that's your play right now? Uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to lock it in. Like, I really want – okay, so another – just real fast with the teasers. You really want to use it. It's kind of a waste if I use it on KC at five. Like I'd like to bring KC just down to, but then I'm only really using five points because that right because right. that one only gets me over to. Now I have Indy could win by one, but then that's just a push, so it's just a tie. So it really doesn't fucking matter. So right. it's, it's just like there's teasers. You got to look at places where they kind of don't pay off for those like three to four to five point favorites. So it really has me looking at. I mean, I do, I do like KC money line. I'm going to take the KC money line probably with uh, the Chargers money line on a little. Let's just see what the fuck happens. But I think, yeah. uh, I think on my uh, my lock in, I am going to take the Philadelphia Eagles in 14 points, and I'm going to take the San Diego Chargers plus 10 points. That's 110 to pay 100 bucks. Ooh, and we're recording this pre-Saturday Sunday. Dropping on Monday, so I'm excited for a little, uh, little telemathic, oh, gambling telemathic oh, here. That's gonna be gonna be excited. Uh, all right, brother, we got time for a little tales from the frat. Let's talk a little gambling. I think we. Oh, uh, I like it. Yeah, let's segue right into let's it. Let's do it. I got back from the, uh, got back from the casino. Saw the biggest, biggest roulette heater that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it was just. Money everywhere. Keep getting pulled back. And it kind of put us on the tip of just uh, gambling stories. What was kind of a wild gambling story that came to your mind, brother? Gotcha. Um, well, I was talking about uh, Dr. Miss Roulette, if you want to talk about Roulette in yeah. particular. Dr. Mrs. The Commission, I uh, were vacationing with uh, many of the, the alumni here for, for MAB Sports and uh, went to a casino after we were vac- uh, at Lake Mead, went to a casino playing some game you know doing some games and things like that and finally we decided to leave we had five dollars left 
uh, in chips, and we didn't want to go back and cash it out, so we just said, hey, we'll just throw it on this roulette table. Well, not you know playing roulette all that often. I just kind of threw it on there. Then we had a big kerfuffle about getting your color chip and this, that, and the other. After it was all explained and got all squared away, we're like, I, fuck it, fine. Here's $5. We're just giving, we're trying to give you this money. Put it on Dr. Mrs. The Commission's lucky number, number 16. Spins it. Boom. Comes up. Ooh, hit that 16. number. Feels nice. Hit, the, hit that number on the first one. The, ta- the table goes nuts because uh, basically we're just two rubes coming over there trying to play and give our <laughs> money away. And uh, $5 gets us $135, and then we're heading back to L.A., you know, like uh, Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, it's kind of crazy. It just makes you think, why don't people just play roulette as a full-time job? Exactly. Yeah. It's that easy, folks. I was remember when I was playing craps with you, and uh, I'm sure, like, Tango Foxtrot is going to be shouting at this, but because uh, I texted him because <laughs> I went to the craps table a little bit, and you remember yeah. I would put money on the pass line. I put a big fuck a chuck chuck a money on the pass yeah, line 300 bucks 300 yeah. bucks and then i'd back it up with like 50 dollars. it's so fucking stupid it just goes to or, show you like i, I want to beat yourself up too much world because casinos yeah. do kind of keep themselves alive with idiots like me that really have no idea what the fuck they're doing or you just weren't backing it up at all and or the not, dealer's yeah. literally legit just like, screaming yelling at, at you yeah. like you should back that up you should back that up and you're like don't fucking don't. tell me what to Cocky do cocky brandana I had that exactly. I had that Bloody Mary energy in me. Yeah, but uh, I right. this weekend I end up trying to bet the uh, the don't come line, which is Ooh. I liked it because it's you know if they miss a seven out of the gate and then they kind of hit a four or like ten getting a little further away from that seven number, then you just kind of drop like five times behind it. It was I like right. it. The only fucked up thing you get a lot of fucking stink guys, so you have to have like a yeah, little. Yeah, because you're kind of playing against the table. <laughs> you are, yeah. You're playing against the roller. You gotta have a little bit of thick, thick skin because it's once they hit that seven, they're like craps out, and everybody's like, oh, and they look over and just like a pile of chips is being pushed your way. Right. Able to handle that fucking case. <laughs> uh, sweet brother, glad we were able to fire off a little tail from the frat. You want to jump into it's our good. MVPs? Yes, I do. And uh, I found this MVP today. Uh, it speaks to me. Uh, I'm going to go. It's a little co-MVP of the week. I'm going to go with uh, a young writer named Emily Kaplan. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with a uh, an elderly tailor named Dominicho Vaca. The reason why I'm talking about this, Emily wrote about the scourge that is, uh, or the plague, I should say, of NHL hockey players. Um, they uh, they can't find jeans that fit because uh, you know they got tight little waists and big old thick thighs and rumps, and uh, that spoke to your boy most awesome because uh, <laughs> if I was in the rap game, I'd be called thick. Oh uh, yeah, if you guys haven't, I got the yeah. If you guys haven't seen most awesome, he's painting the picture right now. Not exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I got some junk in the trunk. I got tank legs, mm-hmm. and uh, I gotta call. I gotta find a number for Dominicho Vaca. I gotta get some some. Some pants yeah. tailored by this bra. Sweet brother, uh, I have this is classic. I just want to get it out in case he's not with us next week. I want to do it right now. Who knows where it'll end up? Big Dick Nick, it's Nick Foles, keep it, bow, 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 bow. it alive. This Friend guy just of the pod just wins football games when he has to win football games. It's crazy. You got to respect that. What is he fired off like six? Is it six straight in the postseason? That's high. Four, four straight. Four, no. Uh, Did they have a yeah, four straight. Maybe yeah, four buy. straight. Maybe they buy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, four straight, including the Super Bowl. He's just a hot gamer, comes up and wins when he's got to win. And if he just does it one more time, I'd be halfway to my teaser. Oh, I like it. And the, and the thing I heard about Big Dick Nick is, is such a weird take is, or weird critique take is like, 
he's never won it when it didn't matter. And I was like, oh, so he's basically saying like the his ability to win in the regular season has yeah. been shit, but he comes up and shows up <laughs> when it matters. It's like he's he's never won when it when no one gave a shit. And it's like, oh, that's a weird fucking take. But uh, yeah, big dick Nick, I like it. Yeah, what what is? Do you know where that nickname comes from? I mean, it's just like the luckiest nickname you could end up with in the world. I just don't know where it or originates. Or originates. Ooh, yes. Well, uh, first off, the the rhyming works well, but I sure. I uh, a lot of I, lot of nicks out there I, though. A lot of nicks. A lot of nicks out there. There's not a lot of big dick nicks. <laughs> There's not. But uh, I yeah, I heard he's got a baby arm too. So that's why you know that's why he's got uh, the God. big. <laughs> well. Well, I guess you you remain my MVP, sir. Well done. Guys, this has Thank been you. the most awesome and brandana sports podcast, episode 46. If you guys want to shout at us, please send us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Guys, it's winter time. Stay bundled up cold here in New York. Holler at your boys, though. Let people know. Give us five stars. I'm Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Hey, folks, it's pod season out there. And if you want to get your uh, your earbuds melted, come on down to M and AB pod. Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.